like the show? Want to listen to episodes early? Consider becoming a patron. Starting at the $3 a month level, patrons get access to a custom patron-only feed where we put out episodes of Upstairs Studio podcasts like the Child Care Bar and Grill, Miss Becky's Classroom, That Early Childhood Nerd, the Renegade Rules podcast, and others early. That feed is just for patrons. You could be one of them. Go to patreon.com slash playvolutionhq or click the link in the show description to learn more. Welcome to Renegade Rules. Kick back, settle in, and let us fill your ear holes with early learning information, wisdom, and advice. And now, here's Heather and Jeff. Welcome to Renegade Rules. Jeff Johnson here with Heather Shoemaker and our buddy Amy from the last episode from the School for Young Children. Amy and Heather, um, I was listening to the first episode of, of Amy's new School for Young Children podcast called the SYA Approach. And there's some SYC Approach. SYC. Jeez. You know, I'd edit that, but I wouldn't be able to get it right. So we'll just leave Jeff's mistake in there. The SYC Approach. It's okay to make mistakes, Jeff. There, uh, thank you. There was some. Um, am I going to get sent to timeout? Is what I'm wondering because there was some conversation <laughs> in that episode about timeout, and I don't think Heather and I have really dug into that too much on this show. What's the deal with timeout? It seems to be used a lot more still than it than it should be. What What's going on? Well, I have a couple of different ideas about timeout, but um, as, as I talked in my podcast um, with one of the teachers, um, Angela, at my school, I will tell you that when my kids, who are now 17 and 14, when my kids were, you know, in their preschool age, that was really the, the talk was, um, you know, in all of the books that you would find, the self-help books, it would be talking about timeout, and the whole idea behind it was that you know, a child was removed from a situation and they would sit um, on a chair or a bench and however old they were, that's how many minutes they would sit on the bench. Um, and so I, I spoke in my podcast about how that that was where, where it was. And, and I think I've, you know, had even used it sometimes um, as a parent. Now, did I find it effective? 100% no, I did not find it effective. Um, I do not find it to be um, if, if your purpose is that you want your child to sit on a bench and think about what they did, I can guarantee you that a three-year-old or a four-year-old or five-year-old is not sitting on a bench for three, four, or five minutes and thinking about what they did. What, what they're thinking about <laughs> is that they're mad, they're angry, they're not reasoning with us on the adult brain about what, what they're doing. So they're for me, I don't find it effective. <laughs> they're plotting revenge. Yeah. Or, you know what, I'm thinking about what I'm going to do next when I can get out of this. So, so I, don't, I don't find it to be uh, an effective tool for, for positive discipline. Um, to me, it also, I will say that it somewhat can feel to me like um, a dunce chair, too. It, it, it can feel shameful that, you know, go sit over there in that chair and think about what you did. To me, feels more of a, of a shame than more of a way to this is the problem. What can we do? I, uh, or, I, I pulled up a timeout chair. I, I searched timeout chair and, and you can buy 
you can you yeah. can buy timeout chairs for ranging from uh, twenty five to over a hundred dollars, hundred and twenty dollars <laughs> for custom made timeout chairs. If you if you That's really right. wanna want to draw some attention to, yeah. to what's going on. That's that's some crazy stuff. Well, let's think about, you know, why people were even and still are promoting timeouts and using them. Um, I, I think they're um, uh, not a good tool either. Um, I think one reason people turn to them so much, and you mentioned the era that it got really popular, is because people were looking for, well, I can't spank them. What can I do? You know, we need a substitute. Right, right. And so yeah. there was this other thing that that's what you do now. That's the hip thing to do. Um, and the other thing is, well, what is the whole purpose of it and everything? Um, there are uh, there are times when parents, adults, are, are kind of frenzied and they can't control their own emotions. So in some ways it may have been a saving grace for the adult to just take a, a moment when the child is not talking to them or not, you know, flailing their fists where they can recover themselves. But that's mm -hmm. the adult that needs a little breather, not the child. Um, I think it's because right. adults are super uncomfortable with a child's anger. And so if yes. they can just sidestep the whole business and just pretend the kid's not mad and that when the time is up, bingo, everything's, you know, we've swept the problem under the rug. We've swept those nasty feelings under the rug. And so then we can just move on because they have been punished and now they're done. And so everything's fine. And, and I find it that, that parents are wanting to stop a behavior and not so much as necessarily find out you know, why is the behavior happening? Um, you know, and, and I met, you know, I'm looking at this from a child development, you know, professional brain. So I, I want to get in there and I want to find out the why so I can meet, meet the need. And, and I know as a parent, you know, I'm sure I wasn't always trying to rack my child development brain. I wanted five minutes of peace or rest or something. Yeah. But, but I think there is that, that, that wish for parents that I want to stop this behavior. I need to, I need it to stop. And so that's where it was this kind of timeout um, idea as well. Now there are times where I can see uh, timeout as an effective tool and that, you know, we may not want to even name it timeout to be confusing, but I, I view it as, you know, if I come home for work and I have a bad day and I just want time alone and away from other people where I might want to go and have my own space, you know, that might be considered somewhat of a timeout. Um, or I might in the classroom, if I have a child that I see is having some really big feelings and they want some space, they're not ready to, to move through them, but they want, or sorry, they're not ready to maybe discuss it, but they're, they're needing to have those feelings. I might do something like set up a tent and give them time and space to have their feelings. So that's not necessarily meant as a punishment. That is a, a tool or um, to give them that time and space where, you know what, maybe I don't want a bunch of focused people looking at me and why I'm crying and why I'm upset at school. Or maybe I'm at home and having, you know, like I have teenagers now coming home from school. They have a bad day. They want to go in their rooms and listen to music. Yeah. So I view that as a different type of timeout tool. Yeah, that's a, that's a completely different thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. So it, it's time. It's time. It's respecting space and the need for privacy or aloneness. But also, there's no barrier. There's no, and I won't talk to you again until this time on the clock has passed. That that that's sure. fluid. 
you know, if you need me, I'm here. If you want to come out, I'm here. There's not a, a draconian uh, marker of thou must not come out for a certain amount of time. It's just here's an option. If you want to be by yourself, here's a space you could be by yourself. Yeah. Right. So school for young children doesn't have a special custom made timeout chair. How do you handle situations where kids might be getting put in timeout and other programs? Ooh, well, um, it's hard for me to even, it's hard for me to take my brain and imagine other programs using timeout. So it'd be more easier if I can just explain to you how we, how we sort of go sure. with our guidance and, and discipline. So you know, usually we we look at that as being some kind of conflict. There, it might be a conflict with another child. It might be a conflict with an object. Um, conflict of when we get into our older classes, we get conflicts of ideas. You know, um, I we're not doing that idea. We're building a tiger house. You know, mm -hmm. so so it's more so kind of stepping in and talking and trying to guide them on how to solve the problem. Um, where it, there's also this um, idea that, you know, uh, a behavior is sometimes just a mistake. Um, and so it's giving um, children kind of guidance on, you know, what is okay and what's not okay. So sometimes it's, it's setting up those limits and saying, you know what, if you're mad, you can hit this pillow, but I can't let you hit um, that, that kid or I won't let you hit me. So saying what is okay to do and what is not okay to do. Um, but it's really, for, for me, it's really in the classroom, it's figuring out what the need is and how can we meet the need. Um, you will even notice just from our observations in the classroom that we might see a child do something what might be considered inappropriate, such as you know picking up a block um, and throwing it towards another child or knocking down someone else's tower. When I know and have a relationship with that child, and I might know they're doing that to engage and play with somebody else. Now, is that the most um, successful way for them to engage and play with another child? Probably not. And so now I'm going to step in and kind of give them some guidance on how to interplay with another child. Yeah, because three and four-year-olds aren't known for their elegance. <laughs> right. So, it, so it's not that oh, this child should be punished because they've, they've done this thing. Um, it's, it's, it's a conversation. It's guidance with them. So I might step in um, with somebody, and um, I, I had this today. I had a, a kid come up to me and said, you know, Amy, I'm, I'm really mad. And I said, tell me about why you're mad. And he said, well, this other kid um, was, had a shovel, and he got sand near my eyes, and I told him to stop, and he didn't stop. And so – Right there, I looked at quickly a couple of steps. Number one, he labeled his feelings. He told me he was angry. Number two, he set a limit on another kid. Uh, number three, when that didn't work, he knew to come get a teacher to have a teacher help him. So, this, and this is a four-year-old kid. So this is a kid that's been with us since the two-year-old program. But this is kind of an example of how, how some of that, that goes, right? So he, he came to me and said that. And I approached the other child. I said, well, let's go talk to that other kid and find out what happened. And so I asked the other kid, I said, I wonder, because I'd been observing this play, I wonder if you're, you're wanting to play. And he said, I do. And so I asked this child who had, you know, been, um, had the sand thrown on them, how would you want somebody to let you know they want to play with you? And he said, I just want them to ask. <laughs> And oh, so so a kid could just ask you to play, 
he said, yeah, I just want a kid to ask me to play. And then, you know, we kind of did all that, the, the three of us talking, and then they went off and played. Now, is there going to be conflict again? Absolutely. But, but kind of knowing that need and knowing that this was a need that this kid had to want to get into play and just doesn't have the skill yet. So that child needs coaching on how to interplay. This other child needs support knowing that, hey, when, you're, when you set a limit and it doesn't work, that there's somebody else that can help you make sure that you, you are safe. Yeah, I mean, that is exactly how my family got started at SYC was because it wasn't me, of course, it was my brother, my big brother, but he didn't know how to enter play and wanted to play with kids. And so he jumped on top of their backs and tried to put them in a chokehold because that was how he did it. You know, he was three, he was not that fluent with his words and he liked that kid. So he tried to strangle them. And that's right. what led my mother to SYC because that was a some sort of church preschool that kicked him out. <laughs> she went home yeah. in tears, thought she was a terrible mother, and thought she had a terrible mean kid. And she stumbled on SYC. And he, of course, when he entered the SYC program, he jumped on kids and tried to strangle those kids too. And mm-hmm. the entire difference was that the teachers at SYC Thought they knew enough about child development to say, hey, did you want to play with those kids? Is that a kid you like that you want to play with? And he said yes. And so it's the same thing, being able to not interpret this behavior as aggressive violence and they're going to grow up to be on the front page headlines of the newspapers, but that, well, maybe this is a kid trying to get a need met, in this case, trying to play with somebody and doesn't have the know-how yet to get that need met. Right, and they need the practice and the guidance to do so. Yeah, and I, I love it that the, the child, the four-year-old you were mentioning, has been with you long enough to know, to identify his feelings, to know it's fine to say that he's feeling mad, and to set a specific limit, don't throw the sand, and then when it didn't happen, he knew to go get help because that's, that's a lot of learning. And by four, he's got it. It's, it's a routine for him, you know. Um, and, it's and great really conflict what, skills. Really what was the best part about it was I, I heard some kind of like a loud no limit and, and a little scream afterwards. And, and I was out there. I was, I was watching. But sometimes we also let kids, you know, struggle and, and try to solve their own problems. Yeah. And so when I heard that, I, that scream, I said, you sound upset. And this is what I love. The kid said, no. I'm really angry. And I said, that's right. He was able to, it wasn't up just an upset. He was really angry. Beyond and that for him was a different feeling. Yes. But he was able to articulate that feeling to me. So is one and of the reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. So is one of the reasons we gravitate towards things like, uh, like timeout is we're looking for these quick fixes. Like if there's something wrong with your car and it's making that noise, you replace this piece and then you go on what you're talking about. There's so many more moving parts and you have to deal with emotions and there's not just a, uh, a checklist that you can go through as easily as something like timeout or, or setting a child to the room or something like that. Yeah, I think you've got to learn uh, to think about the long term, right? Uh, A timeout is a short-term solution. Um, The long term is guiding and teaching children how to solve their own problems. 
because they're going to have to do and it for the next 80 way, years. Yes, they are. And what better way to do it than among the adults that love and care for you and will accept you and guide you through that? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Any more on this one? Um, I mean, I could probably talk hours about, you know, guidance <laughs> and discipline, but. <laughs> what, what do you think that, um, that parents and, and other adults are so worried about with this? Why, why, mm. why don't they take the approach of diving in to see what the problem is? Are they scared to find out that, you know, that the problem's bigger than they can handle or the emotions are bigger? What are people worried about on the adult level? Hmm. You know, I I think there is like uh, like you were saying, Jeff. There's that that hope for that quick fix, um, and and I think it's just that they may not not know a, a different way. Not so much that they um, wouldn't wouldn't be accepting of another way. That it's just like I don't know what else to do, but but I'm going to do this. It's it's become um, the tradition of the program, and so that's the way we've always done it here. So that's the way we're going to keep doing it. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and, and how wonderful to, to have the tradition of the program be one that gives these conflict management skills instead, so that by four it's second nature, and then that that carries on through life. I mean, we do follow the patterns that we're taught, and these patterns are so effective. Um, you know, I think probably most of uh, the, the the families, the kids who grew up, and the and the families involved in SYC, they apply these same skills throughout their life, not just in the preschool classroom. So, what first Absolutely. what first step recommendation would we have for somebody working in a program where timeout has been the norm? I don't know since the late '80s or whatever it is, um, and they're they're not comfortable with it, and they've they've read enough to know that there are other options, but I mean, because change is hard, nothing has changed. What one first step would you guys recommend to somebody in that situation to kind of kind of evolve their programs, behavior practices like that? Yeah, I would think honestly, my recommendation would be the first thing is to do is to to be an observer, um, to be an observer in the classroom, to really sort of study. Um, and, and I know, and I understand there are times that we are putting out fires um, yeah. in a classroom and that there's not always time for observation, but for those moments when things are, are, um, you know, kids are playing and doing things, but just start being an observer um, and try to build these relationships with these kids, because that's another important piece. It's much easier to accept feedback from somebody who that you know and love and care for. Meaning if somebody just comes up to me and tells me to stop doing something, um, that's, you know, I might feel a little gruff because I don't know them and why would they talk to me this way? But if, sure. if somebody, you know, that I have a relationship with is giving me feedback about something, it might be hard, but I have a loving, respectful relationship with them. So I think being an observer and, and spending time building a relationship with, with the kids in your program is the number one step because I think kids need to feel respected um, because oftentimes with these, these types of timeouts and things that it feels, it feels, um, demanding. It feels like a demand. I want you to, you know, go sit in that chair versus commanding a child, um, with respect to follow the guidelines and the limits in the classroom. So it's really relationship building. And I think observation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the things, one of the examples, when you're telling the story about the four-year-old who, who, um, you know, wanted just to be asked to 
have the other kid play. Mm-hmm. I, I, the, the respect built in in your approach, which is to ask the child before you're coaching him, you know, how to get into play. Yeah. You're you're asking the child, well, how do you want to be approached? You know, do you want him to? He could have answered anything, and he just said, "Ask me." Right. But kids come up with their own solutions and and own personal preferences. So the fact that that you bothered to value his opinion, and after all, it's between the two kids. He should know how he likes to be approached, and and another yeah. child might answer differently. But it's that that sense of deep respect that I feel that that just oozes out of everybody at SYC. Um, that we treat uh, the kids as humans. Absolutely. It's a radical you know, and that's idea. My... <laughs> <laughs> it is radical, but it, but it is, it is actually radical. <laughs> and that's one of my, my biggest things is that I feel, you know, so many um, adults and, and just people in my life that I've heard say that, well, kids just need to respect older people. They just, you know, they must be respectful. And I'll say, well, how, how do you expect that they, they might learn about respect? You know, do you think that they learn about it by um, being told that they have to do it? Or how about, how about by us respecting them, we can model what a respectful relationship is. Um, and I, I think some people, you know, might roll their eyes at me when I say that, but that's just truly how I feel. I think that kids learn uh, what respect is by being shown respect. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, well, we are stick- thrilled to have you, Amy. And um, yeah, I loved your answer too. That well, I don't know how you how you deal with a, a, a time where other people would do time out because we just don't think that way. <laughs> yeah, I just I don't. Yeah. And so we love yeah. we love the way you think. And if you want to know more about how um, this is Amy Rudowski, and she's one of the co-directors at My Childhood Preschool, the School for Young Children in Columbus, Ohio. If you want to hear more wisdom, um, tell them about your brand new podcast. Yeah, so we just started a brand new podcast. It's called The SYC Approach, uh, Empowering Preschoolers Through Play and Compassion. You can find it on any of the main platforms, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Tune in Google Play. Uh, we've got our first episode out, uh, which is about uh, guidelines or sorry, setting uh, setting limits and positive guidance. So uh, we have a plan for several more uh, topics coming out soon. But uh, just check us out, and uh, you know, I hope you enjoy it. Great. Well, thank Excellent. you so much. Yeah, and you, you and SYC have already influenced so many. Um, families across the U.S. And, and beyond its borders, too. So thank you for all your, your good work and your deep respect of kids. Well, thanks so much for having me on. Excellent. This has, been, this has been Renegade Rules. We'll be back soon with another episode. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing the show with a friend. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. And there we go. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode. Music by Alexander Shoemaker. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh. Hey, we need your support to keep the podcasts flowing. Go to explorationsearlylearning.com slash support to learn how. One of the big things you can do is shop Amazon with the link we provide. You buy your cat food, you buy your kids' books, you buy 
whatever it is you buy on Amazon, you pay the regular price. We get a small percentage of it. Everybody wins. A lot of people are doing it. It really supports the shows, and we really appreciate it. Give it a try. Thanks. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.